I'm Jordan Goodman. And I'm Justin Goodman. We're third-generation insurance agency owners and also brothers. Even though we had the same upbringing, we see the world very differently. This caused significant issues in our early years, but we eventually embraced the idea that every coin needs two sides to be complete. In 2018, we launched our second company, Total CSR, with the aim of reducing new-to-industry onboarding timeframes from two years to two months. Since then, we've traveled the country speaking to thousands of agency owners and their teams, and we've come to realize two things. We all struggle with similar challenges, regardless of size and location, and oftentimes, we are too embarrassed to ask for help. The Independent Agent Podcast is our attempt to provide helpful answers to your most difficult questions, anonymously, of course. Thanks for listening. Episode 50. We made it. The Big Five O. I have good news and bad news for you people out there. Why bad news? Why this does is, change have to be bad? This is us going on hiatus, or our season finale, I guess you would say. End of season one. End of season one. Season one took a year. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot to say in this year. There's a lot to say. Part of it is just we need a little bit of time to just kind of regroup and see what's next. Part of it is that I'm out of cocktails. And the big reason is Justin's pregnant. It's a boy. (laughs) But no, no, seriously, the next few, what's it, 30 days or so, we've got some big things in the hopper and we have to finalize uh, our products prior to launch and make sure everything is ready, buttoned up. So as uh, Dre said, you'll find me in the lab with a pen and a pad. Hmm? Is that a good reference? Did I do well? Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. If you could wrap that for us, that would be great. I just did. That's my best best uh, job there. Uh, um, a little but disappointing. We, we also are at a special time with the election coming up, so I've got my election shirt on, but yeah. uh, I'm a Bill and Ted fan, uh, not really a fan of our current options, so I choose them. I like it. I like it. Yeah, so what Justin said is basically we have... No surprise that, you know, our company Total CSR takes up most of our time and we have spent an enormous amount of time and resources dollars. to a lot Lots of money. Of dollars. Most of Justin's money. I just I just say we'll use your money. But we are completely relaunching as I don't want to say a new company, but like a we did one thing before and now we're gonna do like officially categorically four things. But most of those things have just a couple bits to them. So we're really, really excited. We're, we're, we're grinding away. It'll be out in December. If you are a customer of ours and you already liked us, you're going to think we invented fire. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah. We should probably give a special shout out to Trenton for... Yay, Trenton. Yeah. And our programmers. And our programmers and our UI UX guy. And Jen and Ashton. We can throw Olivia in there too. Olivia, but we say things about Olivia on the hair all the time. This is true. So nothing about Olivia today. No. You owe most of your thanks to me. You know why? Because you put out the ad to find Trenton. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So cocktails. We are doing a whiskey smash today. 
I, I mean, I'm digging deep to try to find drinks, man. This is what it is. So it's it's whiskey with muddled mint and lemon and a splash of soda water. If I were to go to a bar and ask for a whiskey smash, would they know what it is? I, I did. I heard about it an hour ago. I, I have no idea. Like I, I'm, I'm Googling these things to see how I, if I can get there. I knew I had to get to 50. We had to 50 drinks. 50 drinks, people. A lot of drinks. And vote if you want next season to be childhood candies, because I would very much like that. Childhood candies? Yeah, think of all the favorite candies of like your yeah, childhood. Just walk out here with diabetes afterwards. Gosh. All right, let's try this. I like it. I'd actually like it more without the soda water. I think it waters it down too much. I like the whatever the other ingredients are in there. The mint. It's mint, yeah. I have bad taste buds. I can't taste much. Mint, lemon, whiskey, and then soda water. Yeah. Refreshing. Yeah. It's very refreshing. All right. I'd recommend that one. You should actually try it. Okay. Here we go. I'm in a... Beginning of the end. Or the of the intermittent... Intermittent? Intermittent. Whatever. I'm an account manager handling commercial lines. A client I handle has a reputation for shady business practices. I've tried to ignore the rumors, but we've had to ask the carrier for favors and exceptions on his behalf. I recently learned he had lied to me about a situation to get another exception from the carrier on a billing issue. The producer is telling me to just get over it. I think this guy is going to land himself in the agency in hot water, but is there anything I can do to prevent that from happening? Gosh, it's so hard without knowing what these things are. And that sounds like so obnoxious, like you question ethics. You can't, you can't tap out of this one. I'm not tapping out of anything. All right. I, I, I'm just saying, how do I put this delicately? You know how many of our clients are probably doing things that if we knew about, we wouldn't approve of? You know what I mean? And their business practices and their personal lives. Not and all mine. Mine are all excellent. You know, it becomes a hard thing to judge by that. And... If the carriers are, are making exceptions based on some of the things and they know them, even if they're doing something goofy, it kind of is what it is. Now, if they're lying to you and getting the carrier to do something different, obviously that's not kosher. But I think just candidly, if you, and maybe, maybe it's, no, I don't even want to go there. I, I think, I think we'd all be very surprised because Certain things that that one business does views as totally honest, and yeah, why wouldn't I do that? And another business says, I can't believe you do that, but they do something different. Which the other bit, like, well, let's let me inter- interject right here. We have insureds who think it's unethical. We block the market totally, and we're we are articulating. No, we're doing the right thing. We're going to these markets, obtaining pricing for you, and. They view it completely different, and we have to very much explain that whole thing to them. Right, or or like B of R's. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of our insureds who who think it's totally unethical and un-American in their opinion. Right, and I mean, you can make an argument for that, right? Someone else does all the work, and then so you come in and sell a good song and dance about what you can do. You take the B of R and you get paid. There is a questionable ethics practice to that, right? I don't know any broker who would ever not take a B of R. Right. Yeah. You know, like so. Uh, what I'm saying is, is keep the bigger picture in mind. Is that you need to be able to be flexible with some of these things because even honestly, you may come from a religious background or a, a certain philosophical one, um, or even a regional 
background, which views things certain ways that not all people may share. So just be careful. That said, if they're lying and misrepresenting about their business practice to either you or the insurance carrier, that's not okay, at least in my perspective, in any way, shape, or form. So like we have our clients that try to say, hey, can't you just or want and say, no, we actually can't do that. And without telling them, hey, I can't believe you asked me to do that. We, we try to change the topic and say, you know, that really wouldn't be beneficial. They'd find out. They'd cancel your policy. It'd be, you know, that whole thing instead of just calling people out to their face. Even though sometimes some people need to be called out. I really want to know what, what they're lying about, though. I mean, that's that's the question. You know, is it they don't... I mean, it sounded like a, about a billing issue. Did they not have the money? And they lied about why they didn't have the money, right? Did he actually go to Vegas and... and, and blow money and so he doesn't have money to pay his premium and he said it was because business was tough. Okay, either way, he doesn't have the premium to pay and he needs a deferral you know, till, till next month. Like, Not necessarily the end of the world. So I would just encourage you to take all of these things on a case-by-case basis. Whether or not they can impact both your agent's reputation at the agency or the agency at large, those are just candid conversations that need to be had. And if you feel like the producer is just telling you to get over it and you're really concerned about the agency, then go above them. You shouldn't, hopefully, you're not in an agency where you work for the producer, right? At our agency, our account managers don't work for producers, they work for the agency. Our producers, even though they're handling tasks of their book, everyone is, is a different function to the agency. So you should feel comfortable saying, it doesn't matter what the producer says. Hopefully, you're an agency that's like that. I understand that not all of them are. And sometimes the producer is the agency principal or the son of the agency principal. And that can get murky. I mean, sorry, I just read the question. Finally. <laughs> is there anything I can do to prevent that from happening? Yeah, be clear in your communication. Have conversations you know, with, with different people and say, hey, where do we land on this? Because you may even find yourself, your own mind being changed or it might be that you're right and you need to be the one speaking out for your agency and the protection. Well, that was a mouthful. Um, My last episode. All right. You're, you're going hard into the paint. I get it. See, I'm giving mm-hmm. analogies to them. Mm-hmm. So I think it goes back to one, are they asking or, or misrepresenting something that's going to increase the exposure for the insurance company or increase exposure for your agency? And, you know, if, specifically if they're lying and to that end, obviously you've got to shut that down. And when they're asking for something like that, then you have to educate them. That's part of the process. I use the example all the time with my, my clients because they'll give a hypothetical about fudging in a certain situation. And I said, here's the deal, guys. I don't ever want to go to prison, right? And I want to leverage the tax system as much as I legally can, but... I don't ever want to get so close to that line that I could end up on the wrong side of the law and end up in a prison cell. I actually even don't want to be on the wrong side so much as I get fined, right? I think even just getting audited would be a nightmare. So that's my comfort level. And for the amount of risk you want to take on to save, let's say, $5,000 to then increase that exposure for yourself of possibly a jail cell or possibly a $15,000 fine or possibly getting non-renewed in a hard market and it costing you 100000 those are all things that you want to educate them and have those discussions about. That it's sometimes, if you're going to cut in some areas, cut some corners, probably not the best to cut them in the insurance area. 
probably a, a different area you, you might want to look at. I always go from the education standpoint, and and usually we can have a conversation about the why behind what they're doing. And then there are some customers, they're going to just do what they're going to do. I will tell you that we have fired customers where I've had a second year in a row where they didn't pay their final audit to an insurance company. And that was it because they were burning our relationships. Not only did we not get paid, but the insurance company did. And I don't want that being the brand that I have and this this agency has that we're going to find that behavior acceptable. So you do have to be aware of your brand and, and what an individual is doing as far as a customer base. But I think Jordan covered most of it. So I think that's good. Cool. I had a thought. We haven't talked about it. Your ratio of ultra preference to other cocktails made this year? I would say it's about 95% ultra. Do you feel like your palate has expanded? I think there's a couple. I don't even remember their names. You like the, you like, like the, the sours, like the whiskey sour, things like that, or yeah. Tom Collins, things like that. Yeah, so those, yeah, I mean, uh, although I did have one at a restaurant, I tried their whiskey sour, mm-hmm. and their bartender did a terrible, terrible job. Yeah. And so then I was like, I'll just have my ultra. Okay. Okay. So your your so so yeah, my efforts were were in vain. I am who I am. I just learned how to make a ton of different cocktails that I'd never. And now we have a ton of booze at the office. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take that all home now. You probably should. Yeah. Other than uh, Ryan Reynolds' drink of choice, I'll leave the uh, aviation. Aviation, so I can learn to make that drink. Which drink? I don't know. You're gonna have to. <laughs> I don't know what drink you're talking about. Well, that was in the whiskey then. No. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Derailing us. I am a commercial line sales manager at a midsize agency. One of our top carriers has had some significant turnover issues lately, and we seem to have a few new underwriters every three months. A new underwriter every three months. Our producers are frustrated and do not want to work with a revolving door of underwriters. Ownership is frustrated because significant contingency dollars are on the line. What steps should we take so that everyone wins? I don't think you can control the insurance company's staffing processes. Now, that seems like a rather frequent interval to be uh, having uh, turnover there. And I don't know if it's turnover as in that underwriter is moving outside the organization or just you're a smaller agency and don't command enough volume. So every time they get a new person, they just give you the new person because you haven't placed enough business with them. That could be one of those things. Well, it's probably not that if they're talking about the, the contingency. Even still, what we think is large compared to what they think is large are two different things. You can have a contingency agreement and have someone worried about his 1500 bucks he's going to get in contingency. I guess. Don't most carriers start at like a million dollars in premium before they start looking at contingency? That's because we're California brokers. <sighs> Bigger numbers. In construction, most of them don't even give you contingency. That's not even like a conversation. Yeah. So I would go, it goes back to having the conversation saying, why is it that we keep experiencing this and we can't develop a relationship, understand the real appetite that this underwriter is having for risks and then trying to, to like close deals. It's very difficult because the previous underwriter was more aggressive and then this one wasn't. I think you have that conversation. And if you have enough volume with it, and if you have enough profitability with your book of business, then you can make changes. But most people don't even go and have that conversation. It's that squeaky wheel mentality that you have to say, hey, we've done our part and this is what we need. And if you have another carrier 
that is just as competent. I don't know what the wheelhouse is here. You could always do a book roll. And especially if you know that you have that option, I would be having that discussion and saying, we need consistency or we may need to find a different home for this business. And we're not going to do it on one off. We'll end up doing it on a book roll. That's how serious of a problem this is for our organization. Usually they'll listen if, if they can do something about it. And I think it's not as if, I mean, this is just a lot of turnover. They're probably aware of the problem and you may need to go, you definitely need to talk past the marketing rep. Go over the marketing rep to a territory leader or something of that effect to make sure you get a full grasp of the situation. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think you're going to have any impact on your best case is that there's this one segment of like, let's say it's an office in Southern California that you're dealing with and they're having the turnover. They probably have offices somewhere else. If they're a larger carrier, they they might say, okay, well we can switch you to our Chicago office and your, your hours might be off, but maybe there's more consistency there and you can work with them. The other thing is, is yeah, like you have all that leverage I would use it. I don't think you're going to get anywhere with that carrier, but go to another carrier and say, I mean, assuming you have a decent book side, say, I've got a few million dollars in premium. I'm unhappy where I'm at. I want to move it to you, but I have A, B, and C expectations. P.S. We're also going to want a contingency agreement with you, as well as we want some upfront capital for moving the book over, for guaranteeing it. And it can be a huge win on revenue for you. I mean, we've done it before and it was... It was great. It was a big win for us in rolling the book over and what we negotiated. So I would say, don't be afraid of doing that. You hold that leverage. It's your business. It's not the carrier's business, no matter what they say. I would say, just make sure that you're putting them with equal or better coverage forms because you don't want that problem creeping in, you know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's, that's, uh, it's kind of my bet. I know it's kind of Justin and I agreeing on that one, but I think that's really the best thing you could do. I don't know that I have anything else to, to advise on that. It's a fitting end to season one. To season one. Wow. We've done it. 50 episodes. We're old. We're middle-aged now. So we, we think the drink thing is, is probably over. But if you guys have anything else that you want us to come up with, if we were to do another season, would it be... Like Justin suggested, candy, childhood candy. Like childhood candy, or is it us doing very dangerous things and... What? (laughs) Like swallowing knives and stuff? What are you thinking? I'm just saying we add a little mystery, like, you know, like we'll play catch the black cat firecracker and see what happens. (laughs) You're at a loss for words. I'm staring at the camera blankly right now. You know what? I am thankful for everyone listening. It has been a fun season. It's our first podcast we've ever done. So thank you, everyone who's listened. We appreciate it. We're not sure when we'll be back on, but if it's not before the holidays, hope you all have a wonderful holiday season and a wonderful new year. And if it is, then we'll say hi then. But we wish you all the very best. And make sure you vote. Vote. Cheers. Pedro. Cheers.